Alright, and welcome into this week's edition of the Jazz Nation Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm the admin of all those Jazz Nation pages you're following on social media. Let's see, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all the links for all those pages can be found in one simple place. Just go to linktree.com forward slash Jazz Nation News. And with me, like always, is the assistant to the host, Will Wonder. How's it going today, sir? Good. I'm all hopped up on Diet Mountain Dew and ready to go. That is, that is, if that doesn't scream Utah, I don't know what does. Um, all right. Well, we've, we've, we've made it people. It's the, basically the end of the regular season at this point. Yeah. And that means there's news. So let's go outside the jazz bubble with some NBA news with our assistant to the host, Will Wonder. Take yes. it over. Uh, jazz fan favorite Luka Doncic will be able to play for the Dallas Mavericks in their regular season finale, which is today as we record this. The NBA uh, office rescinded his 16th technical foul of the season Saturday, wiping out an automatic one-game suspension. Just in case you were wondering, I guess that would have been his 17th, moving him back to 16. Just in case you were wondering, the tech leaders in the league are Luka and Carl Anthony Towns with 16. Russell Westbrook, Montrez Harrell, and Trey Young are tied for third spot with 15, respectively. Speaking of the playoffs, Hornets forward Gordon Hayward, former Jazz man, will be out indefinitely with continued discomfort in his left foot. Uh, the team announced Sunday Hayward's foot will be uh, placed in a cast eesh, to immobilize, and he will be reevaluated in approximately two weeks, which will mean he will probably be out for the playoffs as they are in the play in game. Uh, playoffs. Yep. They're upon us. All teams are locked in, uh, just some seating to be finalized today. Again, as we record this playing game start Tuesday, April 12th. And that is your news and notes from around the league. I feel, you know, I, this is probably not the quote unquote cool thing to say as a jazz fan or whatever, but I feel so bad for Gordon Hayward ever since he's left Utah. It just feels like the injury shadow that just follows him and is like, Oh yeah, oh, yeah here you go. You're, you're going to be hurt. Like, has he seriously had one full season without an injury since leaving Utah? I don't believe so. That's that's a bummer for the poor guy, and yeah, and I'm sure the Charlotte fans are pretty peed off. They're paying whatever they are for the guy, and paying he's barely dollar. ever barely played. And I I do believe that he's probably going to be one of those dudes we hear a lot on the trade. Oh yeah, uh, market this. Well, I'm a hard contract to move. We'll see what happens. But uh, okay, that's uh, the news outside the bubble. Now it's time to uh, recap this past week of the Jazz games, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> do we? All right, yeah, let's just get it. Let's do it. <laughs> so uh, the Jazz start uh, this past week on Tuesday. They got a little break between uh, the weekend and the next game. But they played in Memphis at home, and uh, you know, Oof, overtime, overtime, wow. and they win. And I, I, I sound down. You know, they won. I should be up and stuff like that. But man, this game, uh, Memphis was out. Jaw didn't play, and Dylan Brooks didn't play. And, it's, it just felt like that whole game, the Jazz should have been, it felt like a game where it could have been like, they should have not maybe blown it away, but definitely should have gone to overtime to get a win. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it was a little, it was a little like, oh, I mean, I'm so glad you guys won, but oh, I wish you could have just done this in regulation and like kind of in good kick ass fashion. I don't know. Yeah. the Well, I had talked last week about how good of a team, uh, a, t- a complete team Memphis is. And even without their players, I, I figured they would play them tough. Um, you know, Jazz get the win in overtime, but sheesh. Um, Desmond Bain, 23 points. Uh, Jones also added 24. Tyus Jones, he's got some really solid minutes in, in Morant's absence. And then, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. with the threes that he was hitting, hitting towards the end of a uh, regulation, like, 
you know, t- pulling Rudy out, he, Jaron Jackson can really uh, stretch the floor, and uh, it, it kind of showed kind of the weaknesses that the Jazz have on the defensive end. But, you know, they get the win. Rudy, 22 points, 21 boards, incredible. Uh, Donovan, 20 points. Really bad shooting night from three for Donovan, one for nine. Um, but get the win. It is what it is. Chalk it up. Yeah, and, and the good news is they had a game the following night, and it was that <laughs> game that we all wanted. They just got a kick-ass victory. It was uh, over the Thunder. So, I mean, if we had lost to the Thunder, I... I Especially this Thunder team. That would like, have been bad. Some of these guys I don't believe were even on the roster I, I'm a pretty month sure ago. one of the dudes literally had just gotten signed like that day of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the Jazz get the win. Final score, 137 to 101. Also, isn't it... Isn't it crazy anymore when you see these final scores? 137. That's that's well, a lot of points. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, you know, OKC wasn't very good before, and with these guys, you just you just it was one of those games where you felt like Utah had to come out and just stomp them, and, and that's what they did. Yeah, um, yeah, wins a win there, and then we move on to the game, the frustration game of the week. The Utah Jazz versus the Phoenix Suns. I got to say, you know, I sent out a group text to our friends, and I was all hyped because you for sure the first, were. first third quarters, <laughs> those, the Jazz Jazz were looking good. First three quarters, I was like, okay, guys. Like, and then what I, like they, they had, like, the vibe of, like, they were really wanting this win. They were going for it. They were going for balls uh, like to make sure it wasn't going out of bounds. And, and then all of a sudden, fourth quarter came around, and – so I have this kind of thing that I always say when I'm watching games. It's, you know, I'm sure a lot of people say, but it's the first one to 100 typically wins, right? You've, I'm sure we've all heard that. Ooh. And the Jazz are sitting at 98 points that, that felt like forever. But I th- I'm pretty sure it was like around six minutes they went scoreless. And all of a sudden, Phoenix, who was down like around 15 or so, can you guess what happened? Tell me. They came back and <laughs> took the lead. The, the The only points I swear the Jazz got in that whole six-minute sign was Rudy Gobert at the free-throw line. And that was pretty much it. It mm-hmm. was it was bad. I mean, of course, everyone's going to sit and look at Donovan. He missed quite a few shots there. But, I mean, if I recall right, Boyan was missing shots as well then. And I can't remember exactly who it was, but there was somebody that was literally at the basket, like almost like a layup type. I mean, it wasn't like a wide-open layup, but you were right there, and they missed it. It was just like the... Yeah, it it hurt. It was painful. Yeah, the Jazz, um, 8.52 left in the fourth. They're up 95 to 82. So they're 95 points with 8.52 left, and they reach 100 right around the 245 mark, I think, 247. So, yeah, I mean, that's tough. (laughs) That's a long long scoring drought there, and especially with Phoenix really kicking it in gear. You know, when we had given our predictions last week, I I, I would I could have sworn Phoenix wasn't going to play their guys. Well, it, they played, but I to me it didn't even feel like they were playing like at their hardest. Like it felt like the Jazz were, but Phoenix was just like, yeah, we're here, we got to play. Yeah. And then, man, they were. Just, it's almost it almost reminded me of when we played Boston a few weeks ago, and I left that game thinking like, damn, Boston's really good. <laughs> and then I I watched this game, and like there was just plays that Phoenix were making, like. They were just clicked. Like, they were making passes, and the dude that was should be there was there. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just – I was like, damn, that is good basketball. Like, they were just making plays. You know things are bad when you're watching the Jazz broadcast, and they, you know, Suns make a play, and they go, wow, <laughs> that was a good basketball play. And I was just like, damn, they are so right. And it's just like, The Ugh. producers in big T's here, say, say something bad about Chris Paul. Go, <laughs> go. Yeah, the uh, well, Phoenix, they're the most complete team in the league, uh, the deepest team. 
Uh, I had brought up what they did at the trade deadline, bringing in Craig and Holiday. They're just a really, really good team, and and it, you know, doesn't surprise me how well they've done this year. Sixty four and seventeen, number one team in the entire NBA. So that game basically, uh, that was the final home game of the regular season for the Jazz. Um, on the dark mode court, of course, and the jerseys. I mean, if you haven't been following along on the social media pages, I don't know what you're up to, but, I mean, the big news <laughs> what is What are that, you doing with your life? The big news is that, you know, the Jazz are going to have this whole rebrand and new jerseys next year. So I've been we've been kind of keeping an eye on the jerseys this year, and that was the last of the dark mode for the, this regular season. And uh, But I totally expect them to be wearing – I mean, last year in the playoffs, they pretty much wore the dark mode jerseys every single game. So I would expect them to do the same this year. So – uh, if you're following along, they've already had their last game in the Jordan brand yellow statement jerseys. They've had their last game in the Navy jersey. And as we're recording today, they are playing the Portland Trailblazers in Portland for the final game of the regular season, and they're wearing the white jerseys. Um, I mean, just this game today, it, it should be – I mean, I'll we'll come back around at the end, and I'll do a, an update and tell you who wins, and by that point, hopefully know who the Jazz are playing officially in the playoffs and all that. But, uh, yeah, this is kind of the bummer of doing podcasts is, you know, sometimes <laughs> – the timings just don't work out. So right yeah. now, I mean, if I'm going to be real with you, they're they're playing the uh, Idaho Stampede. Yeah, Portland. That's who's, that's, Portland does not want to win tonight at all. <laughs> well, I don't even know who they're who they're who what players are playing, but it's going to be a it's probably going to be an ugly one. And if, it, to be honest, if I was Utah, uh, maybe you know you play guys like Donovan, Boyan, and Rudy a little bit. But well, hold on, hold on. Just what you said there, breaking news. Well, oh. not really breaking, but Bo- uh, Boyan is not playing tonight. The Jazz He's Nation out. bomb. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't break it. But oh, sure. shoot. But, yeah, Boyan's not playing tonight. Okay. Um, the other news today was that they, I mean, we all knew they were going to do it, but they signed Trent Forrest in an actual contract, mm. although it's just a contract basically for this year. So oh, yeah, what, the remaining of the year. That um, makes sense. What will happen is then in the summer he'll be a restricted free agent. So who knows? Maybe somebody from, like, the Orlando Magic offer him a ton of money and he's done with the Jazz. <laughs> we don't but, need any guards. That's, that's what um, I know. So, yeah. We're playing the Trailblazers tonight, final game of the season. Uh, side note to that is this will also be Joe Ingles' final game with the Portland Trailblazers. Jingling Joe, baby. So his time at the Blazers will come to an end after that bell rings. And uh, we're not going to say anything, but if you were a betting man, you would bet quite a bit that he will be back with the Jazz somehow, mm. some way. Okay. I mean, like he never really left. He's been living here the whole time. Anyways, um, Man, I, we're just kind of all over the place right now. It's kind of crazy to me that the season's already over. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels like the season went by really fast, doesn't it? Really, really fast, yeah. Um, a lot of good games, a lot of good teams. So, I mean, that's that's what happens when you're having fun. Time flies. Who was that? I didn't prepare you for this, but it just came to me. Oh, Who was there, your surprise team? Like, if you can think of one team this year that you're just like, you know, I thought they were going to be good, but holy cow, they've been... Way better than I expected. Who's the one that just pops in your head right off the bat? I don't think there's one where I thought they were going to be good and they exceeded it. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, the, the Cavaliers truly exceeded what I thought they would do from their draft to the whole year. I mean, they're going to finish in the playing games, but that I think that's largely due to injuries that they've had the second half of the year post-All-Star uh, game. They've been a, a really, really fun team to watch. Uh, and then I guess you could probably throw in Memphis. I didn't see Memphis being as good as they are. I thought they would be a decent team, but um, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be to be what they were last year, where they played the Jazz in the first round and gave us a, gave us a pretty good fight, but lost. Yeah. To being now second in the West, I mean, that's that's pretty good. Good on. Yeah, I was gonna say Memphis, and then of course I want to also. Yeah, I mean, anyone that's listening to the podcast, you know that I'm just like on the Celtics bandwagon right now. I think mm-hmm. they they might be the dark horse in the East. Um, but I've yeah, I've really because there was a time this year that they just looked like they were gonna 
they were done, like not even going to make the playoffs and yeah. trade, start trading people. But here they are. What what are they in right now? Are they in third or third. fourth? Yep, they're in third. So yeah, good good on them. And then I for for the opposite way of the team that I think I think it's obvious for everyone the team that everyone expected to be pretty damn good and has totally failed was the Lakers. And yeah, of course as the Jazz fans we love to see it, but uh, I think it just proves that I don't know if it proves it, but the experiment with Russell Westbrook was if in my mind was a complete flop. Never that oh. worked out terribly. I mean, remember how they were supposed to get. Uh, Demar Derozan, Derozan, and prior, and then, and then after the Derozan thing fell through, if I remember correctly, they had a trade lined up for Buddy Hield and a couple other guys, and then that all of a sudden got reported and said, "Oh, nope, that's not happening." Russell Westbrook, and everything that I had heard and read is that uh, you know prior to the trade deadline, they even wanted to try to trade Westbrook for John Wall, which is crazy to have Westbrook go back to uh, to Houston, um, you know, a year, two years later or whatever, but. Yeah, the Lakers are a huge disappointment. When I did my predictions on my podcast at the beginning of the year, I had them, uh, I'd have to go back and look. It's either fourth or fifth in the West. Uh, obviously, didn't think they were good enough to get that top three, but I'd, I didn't see this coming. And I think I said it last week, San Antonio wasn't even trying to make the playing games, and the Lakers <laughs> couldn't even get that last seed. I think the Laker things proves too that maybe Westbrook, you know, his time. I don't know. I I can't. You can't. I feel like putting it all on Westbrook is not fair though either because, I mean, how many games did LeBron and Davis even play? Like they feel like they were out most of the season. So. Well, I don't even. Th- I think. I think you put this on Rob Polinka. You put it on the guys who are making the moves and 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 you know, I don't, everyone talks about how you know LeBron co-signs and tries to get these players in, but. Uh, you got three guys that are making a ridiculous amount of money. You're not going to have players around them uh, that are decent, you know, to fill those fill those role player roles. They let go of Caruso, give THT a lot of money for what he's worth, you know, NBA wise. And uh, yeah, they're just it, it's going to be they are going to this whole offseason is going to be interesting. But I'm really really interested to see what happens with them. Yeah, I think maybe uh, secretly losing a, a bald. Dunkaruno, Alex Caruso was Dunkaruno. I don't know. Was not so wise because <laughs> oh, it was awful. I, that didn't work out so well. But anyways, uh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna kind of do this in a moment here on the podcast. We're gonna look back on the jazz seasons too and give us our thoughts on that. So stick around for that. But you know what? It's time for we should come. Up, we got to find someone to do like a little jingle. For fan us. Like, questions, fan questions, send in the questions and we might answer them. Might not. How was that? Da, da, da. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to kind of just go through these quickly because, yeah, we want to spend some good time on recapping the Jazz year here. And then, of course, we got to get to our interview as well. So let's just start with a question here from Instagram from user Spencer underscore Zab04. His question is, what do the Jazz need to change to succeed in the playoffs? I'll let you go first. Or is it, you want me to go first? Uh, Well, the biggest thing is not blow big ass leads. <laughs> like well, if we're going to be okay, real. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know. I think I've said it a hundred times by now, but I love, this is the best roster the jazz have had in years. Seems for whatever reason, you know, there's a bit of a mental block uh, when they're up big and I don't know, but I, that's got to be the biggest thing is stop blowing leads. And my answer, my answer that maybe is going to kind of surprise people that is, and then they're going to hear it and go, Oh Yeah. They got to make their damn free throws. There has wow. been so many games when we've had a lead and then they're getting fouled. Because, I mean, for anyone that really watches the Jazz, that's kind of their number one thing is, to, you know, if you watch Rudy, you're just like, dunk the mother effing ball. And he pump fakes because <laughs> I'm pretty sure their main thing is let's get them in foul trouble. Let's get the free throw line. So they get to the free throw line 
and then they miss their damn free throws. So yeah. they've got to make their effing free throws. For goodness sakes, it's just make them. Yeah, that Memphis game, they missed. I feel like they missed 30. But, I mean, that's probably an over-exaggeration. I don't have the stats in front of me, but they missed a ton. So, I mean, there's, there's a whole, there's there's long-winded, crazy answers we can go into in this question. I'm just, the obvious answers will just be, don't blow the lead, for God's sakes, and make your mother effing free throws. <laughs> it's, come on. We're going right. to put that on a shirt for next year. Hey, next question. Who do you think it's from? Uh, it's our boy Stockton. Yeah. Underscore Nails. How do you not have that memorized, Brian? Sorry. Come well, on. I don't know. All right, here we go. The question is, assuming the Jazz play the Mavs in the playoffs, how do you think they will defend Luka? My answer, I'll go first on that. They will defend him uh, as best they can. <laughs> and by that, I mean Royce will probably be on him. And uh, Royce will do his best he can. And occasionally, Luka's going to get by him. See, this is the problem when we played the Mavs is when Luka gets by, he does the smart thing where he goes to the basket because then what happens is Rudy comes over to help and all of a sudden there's just a pass up and uh, Powell's throwing it down. So uh, they've got to... That's what they need to get better at is when that happens is not to have, I don't know how, I mean, I'm not a defensive minded person here to think that up, but yeah, that's always been something they've screwed up on. So uh, what's your answer? I think they're going to, you have to throw a lot of different bodies at them. So, you know, we talked about, or you talked about Royce. We talked about maybe even uh, Boyan. We talk about Daniel house, Daniel house. Uh, I think you just throw a ton of bodies at them. You show super hard on those screen and rolls. And at the end of the day, you're not going to stop Luca. The key is to stop those other guys. Stop, you know, shots from the perimeter going down on those screens when someone's sagging off. You, you can't leave those guys alone in the corner. So, yeah, throw a lot of bodies. Hit them hard. I mean, just hit them. Like, just hit them. Get Rudy in. I mean, Rudy needs to get some dog in him. Hit him. Just make it a series like that where it's like, you know what? We are not going to let you just do whatever you want and get to the spot you want. That yeah. would be my answer. Yeah, Luca. We'll take a chair to your knee. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Gavin West. Well, I was sorry, it's underscore then Gavin West. Should the Jazz re-sign House next year? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, yeah, I don't really recall what his contract is, if he's signed for next year or not. But uh, I, uh, I mean, for sure. As long as he's not going to cost a ton of money, but yeah, I think House has been the. Probably, I mean, I don't. We're gonna. I want to say this obviously for later in the year interview stuff, but I think he's probably been the biggest surprise for most Jazz fans because I mean, hell, he was only a ten day contract guy, and now look yeah. at him. Yeah, uh, his. Con- I mean, obviously he's not signed for next year, but six hundred fifty-seven thousand dollar one year with the Jazz past his uh, ten day. Um, it's going to come down to what other teams are looking to pay him. Is the biggest thing, yeah. uh, and what the Jazz want to do with their with the cap room, or you know what cap room maybe they don't have at the time? Because I think he's earned, you know, he's definitely earned a spot somewhere. Uh, hopefully, for Jazz fans' sake, it's with Utah. But if not, or he gets super overpaid to go to the Rock, back to the Rockets, probably. <laughs> uh, right. But you, you would hope he gets super overpaid to go somewhere that's like a contender. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our final question of the week uh, comes from Ty underscore Stapley. It says, Does he have a question mark at the end of his no, name? Sorry, or is, okay, that. all right. His question says, do you think the Jazz are purposely looking bad and then when the playoffs come, they go off? Like, bada bing, bada boom. We were fooling you all along. We're the realest team in the room. Is that what he put? No, I put. That's oh, I gosh. I was like, man, I like that guy. Um, but, yeah, what do you think? Do, do you no, think of this no, possibly where they're I, just I like playing like Stooges at the end of the game? Go, <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Wow. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think it's it, – because – 
if you're if you're doing that, you're you're making every team feel like they can do that on you. Come back from being down fifteen to twenty points. So I don't think so. I think that I don't I don't know what's going on with Utah, <laughs> and I think we'll get to that here in just a minute. But uh, absolutely not. I don't. I like that theory think. though. It's a much better sure. theory than thinking that with a team just sucks. So, hey, if they're just if they're maybe they're feeling like a reality show, maybe you know. Tech genius Ryan Smith is like, look, guys, we're about to launch our own streaming channel next year. Ooh. We got to start a show. You know, we're launching this the jazz. The jazz version of the hard knocks. Yeah, but I'm trying to think the jazz. We fooled you. I don't know. No, it's not that they're not doing that, though, unfortunately. But it's a, it's a fun thought to think of. The, Ashton Kutcher just comes out to the jazz fans. Oh, you all got punked. Ah, <laughs> no, I don't idiots. think so. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that, thanks for the questions there. If you want to ask questions, it's pretty easy. You just follow us on Instagram at Jazz Nation News, and we'll post it there on typically on Sunday morning saying, hey, we're recording today. Give us some questions. So, uh, yeah. And by the way, um, my my uh, my suggestion again for anyone asking questions, oh, if you ask go. ones that we've already, like, answered oh, okay. or they're, like, questions that are so crazy, we, you know, we're just not going to answer them. Answer them. Ask them. <laughs> Not going to answer them. Sorry, I'm kind of tired today. What's, uh, I mean, what kind of crazy questions are we getting? I'd like to get a crazy question well, from time to time. Well, most of them are just ones that we've already answered kind of things, oh, you know, okay. like who do you choose, Rudy or Donovan, you know, why is Danny Ainge here screwing up the team? I still, Got you. I still don't understand that, but, you know, if that makes y'all happy out there with your conspiracies, then good on you. But for whatever reason that y'all have made Danny Ainge like the devil in, J- in the jazz uniform, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the only thing he did was move Ingles, who wasn't playing for uh, Alexander but Walker, right? Friendly reminder, he's not the GM. Zanuck yeah, is still but, the GM. Okay, okay. But he's the he's the final, like, yep, let's do it. Nope. Right? I, I, mean, right? I mean, that's his role. Kind of, but I'm just saying, but like, in the actual official things, like, Zanuck's still the one making these type of de- calls and decisions and stuff like that. He's just probably got to go to them and say, hey, guys, we've got this kind of lined up. What do you think? Yeah. Which well, I'm sure he friggin' hates. I, either I, way, it was a good move to move Joe, who wasn't playing. I so. mean, yeah, it was. we obviously knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, okay, that uh, concludes our questions for the week. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we will be back to do our year in review for the Utah Jazz, talk about what we thought the team did good, talk about players that maybe kind of let us down, all that fun stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back with more of the Jazz Nation podcast. This is where a sponsor would go. If you are said sponsor that's interested in sponsoring this podcast, reach out to us at jazznationnews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, and we are back. All right, this part of the podcast, what we'd like to do is uh, the regular season's over. So we want to do a kind of a little review on our Utah Jazz here and see were we were, were they landing exactly where we thought they were? Were they a letdown? Were they... Were there players that we liked that we didn't like? I mean, that's it. That's a year in review. That's basically what I'm saying here. I'm just jabbering on. Sorry. I want to start off with one mine um, with somebody I was very impressed by, and I kind of mentioned it before, but that would be uh, Daniel, Daniel oh, House Jr. Um, I'm going to be more impressed if you ever get his name right. But, um, yeah, I mean, that dude, like we talked about earlier, so, I mean, if you all recall right, there was a time when the Jazz were basically everyone was almost out with COVID, even coaches. And so we basically signed this guy that was a free agent to just fill a spot because we needed players. And now look at him. where He's he signed for the rest of the year. He's, like, in our main rotation. It's it's pretty unbelievable. So And he's a damn good defender. I mean, I didn't expect him to come in and have that kind of defense. I knew he was a pretty good shooter. That's what he was kind of known for. But 
very impressed by his defense, and that's my Jazz player dude of the year for me. He oh, wow. really stood out, go. and I would like to send him an award and says dude of the year. Congratulations. If only you could say his name correctly. What about you? Who's yeah. somebody that really stood out for you that may have overhyped, or not overhyped, over... Overexceeded what I thought he would do. Yeah, that's yep. the words. You know, I uh, I liked House, obviously, but if I look at the year as a whole... Uh, I was really, uh, really impressed with what Hassan Whiteside has done. Played 64 games this year, started eight when Rudy was, uh, you know, out. Second leading scorer off the bench with 8.2 points. Has the second highest PER on the team, 22.81, behind Rudy's 24.75. Well, I guess Greg Monroe is leading, but, you know, we're not going to count that. Um, So, yeah, Whiteside, you know, he had come off a injury-filled kind of down year uh, in Sacramento uh, the year prior to that. Did decent in Portland, but was kind of looked at as like a, I don't want to say a failure, but uh, definitely a player who didn't meet expectations. I think he's fit in this backup center role great. And uh, yeah, that's my guy, Hassan Whiteside. I, I can appreciate that. It's a good pick there. Now let's let's move it over to the more negative side. A player... That we think maybe we had high hopes for coming into the season has been kind of a letdown. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one. Who's maybe your kind of letdown of the year? You know, Norval Pell, okay? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> he played three games for the Jazz. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two points a game. Norval, get out of here. Xavier Schneed, no. Uh, I don't think it's an individual player. I think, in all honesty, for me, it's the team as a whole. Um just their performance, not just one player. I, I thought they would be a 50-plus win team at the beginning of the year. They're going to finish in the fifth spot in the West. Hopefully. You know, and the, no, they, and, well, that's true. <laughs> uh, God, I hope I didn't jinx that. Uh, the late collapses and the games towards the end of the season blowing big, big leads. I read uh, prior to that Phoenix loss... They had blown 15 games of double-digit leads, so that Phoenix loss would then say that was the 16th game of the season where they were up double digits late in the game, and they blew it. So it's got to be the team as a whole. I think I've said it a couple of times on here, but on my own podcast, I picked the Jazz to go to the uh, finals against the Bucks at the beginning of the year, just looking at the roster, what they had added, how confident I felt in them, and uh, that confidence is gone, so... The team as a whole would be my disappointment. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, I'm just gonna pick. Uh, I'm going with Rudy Gay. Um, not that I felt like he was gonna, ever gonna be like a gigantic scorer for the team or be huge like stat guy for the team, but I don't know. I just expected a little bit more for the guy, and it just seems like he wasn't. I mean, like like I just said about House, how he came in and took over. It almost feels like House is just totally outplayed Rudy Gay and made us just think like, Rudy who? Gay what? I guess I can't really say Rudy who because then you're like, well, go bear, you idiot. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I mean, he, he's just, to me, he's kind of a letdown. I mean, I'm sure, I've kind of said this in past things, I'm sure he does, he's, he's there as the vet guy that really helps give like the younger dudes some good advice and things like that. But like, I think this almost, if you think about it, the Jazz, we almost kind of do this a lot. We sign a vet, right? And then we get hyped for it and we're just like, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's toward the end of his career, but yeah, you know, he he's coming in here, and you, you know what I'm talking about. And then we always kind of get yeah. let down by that vet at the end of the year. He's like, God dang it, what the hell happened? You know. So, mm-hmm. well, this is for sure his, excuse me, his worst season of his career as far as statistics go. But he's also down quite a bit in minutes, and um, you know, 
who's to say why that is? Maybe Quinn just isn't 100% confident in him. Or possibly maybe Quinn wants to play him more uh, when the playoffs come around, kind of save him. Because like you said, he's been in the league a long time. He was drafted 2006. So as far as shooting percentage-wise, it's not awful. Uh, Not too bad from what he was last year. Uh, Dropped a percentage. Three-point percentage is down a little bit, but it's not the worst of his career. It's actually right there in the middle for him. So... I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to say maybe in the season. Sure. But I kind of want to hold out to see what uh, how they use him in the playoffs before I give my final verdict on Rudy Gay. And then one thing I just wanted to put in while we're talking about and this isn't so much on the player itself. I think this is more of like the situation is kind of a thing. I think a lot of jazz fans and probably even media folks were were impressed when the jazz got Jared Butler in the draft. And then we just oh, really yeah. haven't seen a whole lot from him this season. But then the, but then that's kind of a double thing there because. Trent Forrest basically outplayed him and earned that backup spot. So it's kind of a catch-22 there, would you say? Because, you know, Forrest was unexpected to be that good and came in, and but that means Butler just didn't get as much minutes. So. Well, I think when they drafted Butler, they, were, they weren't they were expecting to play him a ton. Uh, I'm a I'm a Butler guy. I'm going to – I'll keep all my stock, and if people want to sell Butler stock, I'll buy it cheap from them. But uh, I think in the next couple of years, he'll get his time. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. It was a – Really great pick, especially when they got him in the draft. So, uh, but Forrest, Forrest has played well. So uh, that's a great surprise too. I always found it interesting that Butler. I mean, he did spend some time with the Stars, but it seems like he spent more time with the Jazz. You know, on the bench, which I don't know, maybe that's better for him because then he learns from the team and stuff like that. But just was kind of surprised he didn't spend more time with the Stars because then at least he's playing. So, who knows. The other thing I wanted to talk about, I mean, we've kind of talked about this in the past, but just kind of a year-end review of it all of Coach Snyder. Um, Speaking of, you know, Butler not getting playing time and people talking about rotations and we're talking about House now. There's been a lot of talk now, I mean, right now, talking about how House should start over Royce at this point, which I'm telling you all that's not happening. As long as Royce is healthy, he's starting there still. Why? why, What is it? I I get the lack of scoring from Royce in some games, but... Is that the only reason why, uh, and I'm asking you as the, uh, you're going to have to be the voice of everyone who, who tweets these things. Why don't they want Royce starting? Like, yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it, I mean, I think the obvious answer is, yeah, it has a lot to do with his offensive. I don't think there's ever been thoughts that he was a big offensive dude, but at least yeah. knock down some threes and stuff like that. And it just, it also just, I think a lot of people are just getting frustrated because he's, you know, he's our number one defender. So he's depart- defending the guys that are typically, you know, at the end of the game, yeah. kind of taking over. So when that happens, you're looking at the dude who's guarding him, and they kind of unfortunately become the face of what the hell is going on here. So, yeah, I would say that's been part of it. And then, yeah, just the lack of scoring lately. So, but, I mean, if that's the case, there's tons of – we could look at a lot of players and say what the hell's going on here and stuff. So, oh, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, right now, I would say the two people that fans are – definitely putting a lot of blame on and maybe unfairly would definitely be Royce and of course Donovan, but that's just, he's, he's the face of the team. That's what's going to mm-hmm. happen when you're losing. You're going to get pointed at and said, what the hell? So I really like Royce and he's played 76 games, started 76 games. Uh, like you said, plays great defense, definitely brings a lot of energy in moments where it's needed. Um, and I think people, you know, maybe just getting down on him, like you said, the offensive thing, and then also blowing these big leads. Listen, there's a the whole team's got to play defense, including you know Rudy Gobert, who obviously does. Everyone's got to play defense, so you can't just put it on one player. I would say. So. But it's been pretty interesting this last. I mean, just continue with Coach Snyder and his year in review that I oh, mentioned yeah. there. But he actually has made kind of adjustments in the last few games where he, I say, he has been going to house to finish 
the game when the defensive matchup wasn't really be working mm-hmm. for Roy. So, you know, we've, I think we've heard this a lot in the past if you're a Jazz fan. It doesn't always m- matter who starts the game. A lot of times it's mattering who's finishing. That's who the coach is really depending on. And so as of lately, I would say there's been a lot more coach saying, you know what, Alice, you're, you're doing good out there. We're rolling with you. So yeah, good, good on coach for noticing that and letting the dude finish I think, out the games. I think Snyder has a... I mean, every NBA coach's job is probably extremely difficult, but you can say what you want about different players on the team. Um, you know, Rudy Gabe not performing up to what was expected by the fan base. But this is the Jazz are a very deep team as well. So finding minutes for everybody, but also making sure you have those guys like Donovan, like Rudy Clarkson. You know, everyone needs minutes. Everyone needs to play on this team. So he's he's uh, it's it's not an easy job by any means shuffling those pieces around. Yeah, and just to finish out this part of the topic, I mean, we've talked about this before, but and I think there's been quite a few national media folks kind of writing about it now. Of course, we've heard, you know, Quinn Snyder's name mentioned with the Lakers and Spurs, but I think there's, I believe there was two coaches recently mentioned as oh quote-unquote on the hot seat, and Coach Snyder is one of them. Who's the other coach they're saying is on the hot seat? Well, there was a report that was sent to me, and, and it's so Doc Rivers would be uh, a huge one if Philly doesn't live up to what they should do in the playoffs after this Harden trade. And some uh, one of our friends had sent me the uh, uh, story saying Doc Rivers uh, could potentially replace Quinn in Utah. Now I don't know the validity of that. Let me pull up the. Uh, you, you talk for one moment while I pull up the actual report. That's weird because I've never heard that. The only thing I've ever heard is they're both linked to Lakers. But uh, well, who isn't? <laughs> um, why he's pulling up this mysterious, probably Reddit made up story there? Just to kind of close out the whole year in review thing for me. On my kind of wrapping it all up, you know, I, I think a lot of us had pretty high hopes for this team coming into the season. I mean, as the assistant host said, he even said that he thought the Jazz were going to go to the finals with the roster. My final review would be just I definitely disappointed, and I'm sure that's probably for a lot of folks. I mean, we're still heading into the playoffs. That's great, and so we're not that bad, but there's just been the team the last month or so of the season has just been, I would say the, the easiest word to say is disappointed. So that would be my word I'm going to use for this season as far as the regular season go and I'm going into the playoffs hopeful positive and we're gonna kick some major butt no matter who we play probably the Mavs uh it wasn't Reddit it was the Deseret News oh wow D News huh (laughs) Doc Rivers to Utah Jazz if Quinn Snyder leaves question mark uh and then they go through it was a Bleacher Report uh let's see who was it Jake Fisher Talking about Frank Vogel, even Quinn Snyder possibly going there, and then a bunch of other things, dominoes that could fall after that. Uh, Rivers' uh, relationship with Danny Ainge, both being in Boston at the same time. And I'll tell you what, Utah Jazz fans, Doc Rivers isn't your guy. If you're gonna, if if anyone's hyped about that, they shouldn't be. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I don't feel that. All right, uh, give us your grade on the Jazz at the end of the regular season. You you had mentioned you were really hyped on them coming in, thinking they were even going to go to the finals and stuff. So you, yeah. I'm guessing you're feeling a little down on the how they're ending the season. I am. I would. Um, <clears throat> I think I'd probably give them like a B minus. Right? It wasn't a complete collapse, uh, but they definitely should have. I, I thought you know top two or three team in the West uh, couldn't do that, and then the all these late blown leads, big big. Uh, point leads that they're losing or they've lost. Yeah, it's got to be a got to be a minus. Um, looking at what I thought they would be at the beginning of the year. Well, there you go, giving out grades like an actual good teacher. That's that's good stuff <laughs> yeah. there. Um, yes. Yeah, um, 
that's our end of the year in review. And you know what we're just going to do right now? We're going to go right now into our interview for this week. Uh, this week we interviewed a DJ Juggy, who if you live in Heavy the- Heavy hitter, DJ Juggy. There you go. If you live in the Salt Lake and Park City area, you probably know this man. You've probably attended a party or a nightclub that he's- And occasionally even at restaurants that he's yeah. DJing at. So- uh he was also, for a brief moment in time, the official DJ of the Utah Jazz. Um, if you've been to games recently, you know they have a DJ now. Um, do you know, what's his name? DJ June. Yeah. Which is, when I look at that name, I, I'm still confused how that's June. Well, it's just like you trying to read the name Daniel. It's It definitely doesn't look like June, but that's why I'm always like, how do you say that? But anyways, yeah, Juggy, Juggy was basically the OG of the Jazz Arena. He was, this is... And he'll say it in the interview, but this is basically around the Darren Williams boozer kind of time of the jazz when he got in there. And he'll talk about his connections with the players and how he got the job and uh, what he's up to now. So should we go into our interview? Let's do it. Here's our interview for the week with DJ Juggy. All right. And welcome into this week's Jazz Nation interview. We got a special guest for you all. He's a former employee of the Utah Jazz and one of the biggest, if not the biggest DJ in the Salt Lake slash Park City area. I think he's still working on taking over Southern Utah. That's coming soon. But welcome to the podcast, our our interview for the week, DJ Juggy. How's it going, sir? Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Let's just kind of start off with what we do with all our interviews. Let's do our questions to help get to know you a little better. Just yes, answer sir. these off the top of your head. The first thing that comes to your head, just answer it and be honest with us, please. First right. question is, what is your favorite fast food place? Uh, probably, uh, McDonald's or, or in and out. Perfect. What is your favorite dine in restaurant? Like any dine in restaurant? Oh yeah. Any, any in the history of your dinage. I don't do this. Actually do this. Give us, give us your all time favorite and then give us maybe a new one. Cause I know you, you eat out good around here. So yeah. give us your favorite and then a new one. Shit. My all time favorite, probably, um, Man, uh, I don't know. But then a new one that I love, I really like, is this place called Harbor. It's over. Uh, it's over like the um, like in the foothill um, Mill Creek area. It's like a, a steak and seafood spot. It's a really nice mm-hmm. sit down restaurant um, called Yeah Harbor. Nice. So that sounds delicious. Now I'm hungry. Uh, yeah, next question: What is your all time favorite band or artist, or maybe your all time top three favorite? Uh, band you know i guess like 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 guns and roses or um wu-tang favorite artist of all time probably either uh biggie or mary j blige perfect uh current or i'm sorry excuse me all-time favorite movie uh juice Um, next question. What is your current favorite TV show or your streaming show? What might you be watching that you could suggest to folks? Man, I, I don't I don't really watch anything um new like as far as television. I just watch um I just watch sports for the most part and kids shows. <laughs> so basically your answer is I feel Peacock you. with WWE then, right? Old WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest, rest, yeah, wrestling. I, <laughs> currently, I mean, I just watch wrestling, but we, I just recently rewatched uh, for the fourth time uh, Breaking Bad, and I watched it with my with my uh, 15-year-old son. So oh, that there was you fun. go. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Who is your, who is on your Mount Rushmore of NBA players? Oh, uh well jordan of course right 
Um, so I would say Jordan, Kobe. Man, you guys are asking the tough questions. Um, uh, Jordan again. And um, uh, <laughs> Bulls Jordan, Wizards Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 23 Jordan and uh, and then uh, 45. And then, yeah. And then, and then Jordan again on the White Sox. <laughs> no, Jordan 12. You were the 12th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On the, on the, on the, on the, uh, on the minor league team. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, no, I would say Jordan, Kobe. Uh, and then I, I wanted, I probably wanted to pick two from this era. So I'll probably say Giannis and, um, uh, probably, probably, probably LeBron, probably LeBron. There you go. You know, what's always so interesting about that question is that people maybe struggle with the others, but Jordan's always like right off the tongue for everybody. It's like, no, yeah, Jordan. And then, uh, so it's <laughs> always so interesting about that question. So I, I think, I think it's from which, I think it's from which era. Cause if you got like kids that didn't grow up in the Jordan era, you know, and only really watched like highlights and didn't really actually like grow up in that era, they're always going to say Kobe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like hundred all my friends who were, you know, 10 years younger than me, Nate would have ate what up. He's always going to fucking say Kobe off top. You know what I mean? Like the greatest, you know, cause he's from that era, you know, and then people who come from the era after that are, of course, they're going to say LeBron, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it's, I mean, and it's the same thing for rap too, right? You know, depending on which era you really grew up in, how the music affected you, uh, you know, and ha- same thing, watching the athletes and how they affected you watching them, um, you know, it's this, it's it's the reversal for the for the jazz fans why they why they hate Jordan and Jordan shoes and the Bulls and <laughs> exactly. everything because of what what happened in those two years. You know, it's the reverse effect. Like for uh, for me growing up as a Jordan fan, like that just solidified like just the greatest athlete of all time. That's because I grew up in that era. You know, like Kobe's great. You know, and LeBron is great, but not as great as Jordan in my book. You know, so same here. Same here. Yeah, I think it's just it's just, it's, just a, it's a generational thing, you know. All right, and here's our final question for you. It's uh, one that we always mix up each time. It's a random question we're throwing at you, and that question that I'm going to give you is: you've uh, you've met a lot of celebrities, athletes, and things like that. Who's maybe like your top one you've met, or top two or three that kind of just made you turn into a fanboy for a second? Like you just kind of went, "Oh crap! I I can't believe I'm actually meeting you right now." I think, um, man, I I, I think. I think it's more of a reverse thing. Like when you meet somebody um, and you are like a, a fanboy, and then it like turns into like a friendship. You know what I mean? I think that's what's been, been a really cool thing for me. I don't really think I met anybody that, I mean, I, I, I met Jordan and he did the reverse for me because he came to one of our clubs and we tried to get him to autograph the shoes and he said he would, he would do it. And then when he left, he didn't do it, you know? So that was kind of shitty. Um, so yeah, I I never really, I never really had any like, uh, encounters, you know, where I was like, Oh my God, you know, like, um, maybe Scott Hall, maybe Scott Hall and, 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 and actually Scott, when I met Scott Hall, Jake, the snake and razor Ramon at the, uh, at Sundance for the, for the, the diamond, for the DDP, um, the um, resurrection of Jake, the snake, that documentary. Yep. Yeah, I'm, when I met them, uh, that was that. I, I think I was a fa- I was a fanboy then. I think that's probably the only time I was really like, damn, that was really fucking sick. You know what that's I mean? Awesome. Like, like when I met somebody, you know, famous. I guess I don't know. 
All right. All right. So, um, you know, Will Wonder, you're, you're probably way more into knowing Juggy and can give us a history. So why don't you just kind of give us a brief history of Juggy and why we have him on the podcast this week? Oof, well, I'm glad you prepped me for that, but I do know Juggy and, um, you know, from, from uh, his inception here in Salt Lake City around the time of the Olympics. Uh, and you correct me on any of this if I'm wrong, Juggy. So, you know what I mean? I don't want to okay. act like I'm a, I'm a historian by any means. <laughs> Um, but really got things going off here in Salt Lake City as far on the DJ side when the Olympics came. Um, he had made his his he'd been kind of a diff, couple of different places throughout the U.S. originally from California, uh, but came here around the Olympics, DJed quite a bit and has really like laid his flag and um, is a backbone of the of Salt Lake City, Utah hip hop. Um the, I, don't, I feel very comfortable saying this. The, the biggest, most famous, best DJ out of Salt Lake City, uh, not out of, but in Salt Lake City, um, heavy hitter, which if anything, if anyone knows anything about hip hop, heavy hitter DJs is the biggest, the, the crew to be a part of uh, if you're in that. And I guess not even just hip hop. They've kind of expanded a bit there as well as artists, DJs, uh, different types of music. Uh, and I think what we should do, Daniel, is... Uh, you know, I mean, we could go through his history, but we would be here for hours. I think what would be best is we talk a little bit about the uh, how we got involved with the jazz. If you want to know Juggy's history, history, me and him had a I think it was about a two hour interview on my podcast. I'd have to go back and see exactly which episode that was. But we covered his uh, his history in length. But I mean, if you're talking hip hop, if you're talking DJs in Salt Lake City, Utah, in Utah, uh, Juggy is the one. Is it, did I do okay with that? Did I do okay? Yeah, Daniel? yeah man. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was okay. I mean, yeah, I guess you fanboyed a little bit. But <laughs> like if I'm introducing him at the Hall of Fame, I, I would actually write something a little longer and more in depth. But I think that's uh, off the top of my head. That's that. That's what I came with. <laughs> no, that was that was good. It was beautiful. Good job. Yeah. So why don't you yeah. just kind of let us know how did you get involved with the Utah Jazz? Um, was it a certain player that kind of you became friends with? Maybe you did the introduction, but how did it all become a reality there for you? Well, let's see. Let's take it all the way back to um, the, uh, I don't remember the the exact year, but it was, um, it was, it was the year uh, it was, like when Darren was there and Fez and CJ, Ronnie, um, during that little era, you know, um, and I think it was Darren's either like first or second year in, in Salt Lake and um, him and all, uh, all those, all those guys, Ronnie, uh, he's from Arkansas, CJ, who's from Texas, uh, Darren, who's from Texas. So they started trying to like, they were going out to clubs and they were new in Salt Lake. They were going out to clubs and they stumbled upon where I was DJing at and the music that I played translated to them. And they were, you know, and then I just, they all, they just started coming out to all the clubs that I DJed at, started bringing all the, um, uh, you know, away players. And then Darren and CJ and Paul and Ronnie and all those guys, they started, you know, booking me for, their their different events when Darren had like the the dodgeball tournament and um Darren had all he was he used to book me for any anything that had it required a DJ. I used to DJ everything for Darren Williams of course. Um and uh and then he that around that time 
was when um, the whole idea of the NBA DJ started to come about. Miami and Cleveland, shout to DJ Irie and Mick Boogie. They were like the two two of the first ones. And uh, DJ Beds in Denver. They were like the first three. I don't I don't know who is the very first one, uh, but th- those three guys in those three markets um, were the some of the first DJs. And they were light years ahead of everybody else. Like they were like 10 years before everyone, like in 2006, they had DJs. And then like Atlanta had then, you know, all the DC had um, uh, Big Tigga. And then uh, the Knicks, they didn't have a DJ, but they had uh, DJ of the game. And so they'd have a bunch of different heavy hitters, Pete Rock, Q-Tip, like, Tony Touch, like all the legendary DJs from New York, um, all the dudes from both radio stations and uh, up and coming club DJs. So, and so it's it's so over the so over the years it started becoming a thing, and um, so you know Darren started you know pushing for it here, and of course nobody in the front office wanted that at that time at that time 2006 2005 i don't remember exactly the year and he kept pushing for it because if you were a fan back then and really up and up until the time that i started djing which was like 2016 the music at the arena was terrible (laughs) and all the players knew it the away players knew it everybody i think it's i think I think the reason some of the players in the NBA wear headphones is because the music at the arena used to be so bad in Utah. <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I, I think it's, you know, also to, to not be distracted by the fans, but I think, it, I think that started here because it was so bad that like, the music was here was so bad. Like they would play like Britney Spears and like during the warmups when the guys are trying to yeah. get ready, like, it was real. It was really bad. And anytime, like everybody knew the prompt. So like anytime, like there was a good play and the other team called the timeout, they would play what the Akon and Gwen Stefani song. <laughs> like everybody knew, like they had like, like everybody knew exactly what time there, a song, a certain song would be played. It was like starting to get so bad. So after it, it really took a long time, like, like almost 10 years for them to really be like, okay, we're the last team in the NBA to have a DJ. We should probably have a DJ now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, it really took that. It really did take that long from 2006 to 2016. It 10, 10, cause I think I was, I DJ the 2016, 2017 year. So literally a whole decade. So when people say Utah's like 10 years behind on everything, it's kind of not an exaggeration. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, re- it's really fucking not like, I mean, not for everything, and I don't mean to shit on our city because I would never shit on our city like that. But just maybe like c- certain certain things, you know, and yeah. c- certain you know that and, and that's just was was a perfect example of that. Just literally the very last team in the NBA to have a DJ. It's like okay, cool. Well, I don't know what you guys are waiting for, but we kind of told you about this ten years ago when it wasn't like a huge huge thing, and now you're the last one. And just to kind of put an official timestamp on this, I mean, Darren Williams was drafted by the Jazz in 2015, or excuse me, 2005. Um, So yeah, like you said, 10 years of all that to really get it going. So 
what was it that what was the process i guess did did someone from the jazz finally contact you and say hey we want to have you come in or were you working for them kind of before then because i remember seeing you doing like social media posts where you were djing it looked like when they were just doing like their photo shoots and stuff so was that your first gig with them uh yeah well it, i mean i was doing the media day probably uh two two years before i actually started uh djing in the arena um just like I said, man, it was, it was, it was literally that long of a process that, um, they just, uh, they were, they were nervous, man. They were, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't have anything to lose. Um, they were nervous. The people that I was working for, um, I want to, um, they were really nervous, you know, cause you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of people that, uh, they, they don't want to upset and you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about. Oh, so, yeah. um, so they, they didn't, they, I mean, we used to have meetings about the music that I was going to play. Like I, like I would, I would, I would send in like the, the songs. I was like, okay, these are the songs that we're going to incorporate this week, you know, cause it was a process, man. It was a process. And then the person who I was, who was my supervisor at the time, that person uh, would look up the lyrics of every single song that I would send them. And then they would send me the song back and say, okay, well, this has um this this got to be edited out this got to be edited out this got to be edited out other than like the like the bad words so like anything that was degrading to females yeah even if it even if it was something that was like chicks or babe or something like that oh, like interesting of, of course any type of biblical references um any type of you know weed references the alcohol and the beer was kind of okay just unless it was like unless, unless it was like a song that was just about getting fucked up you know <laughs> yeah. um you can't so there play was, uh, exhibits alcoholic at any point yeah yeah, yeah we, didn't, we didn't play <laughs> we didn't play shots you know yeah. like anything yeah. like like that you know and 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 um but as the season progressed like the the person that was my supervisor they were like you know what this is very time consuming i don't i don't have the time to to do this I'm just going to take your word for it. Be oh, cautious, be, be respectful, you know, cause there's a lot of other people that are involved, including me and my supervisor. And, you know, so I'm just like giving you the reins to do it. So as the season progressed, I kind of got a little bit more loose and was like, all right, well, um, I'm just gonna, you know, shoot first and, and you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, what the cliche is what she shoot first and ask questions uh, last late, yeah 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 so <laughs> so as 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 the season progressed and 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 it was really received the djing part nobody nobody said anything about the music um the players like started reaching out to me directly for 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 music and songs request and that's how i started getting cool with all of the, the players now like rudy and most of the players uh, except for i think rudy are gone now yeah. that were on that team um but yeah so i mean that's kind of that's kind of part i guess you know how it is so yeah so i definitely did, did do the 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 media day stuff and then it it, it finally transformed into the dj stuff so i'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the games. i'm glad you brought up the players reaching out to you you know once you you they kind of just let you do, let the office let you kind of do your thing and trusted in you mm-hmm. in doing in doing so what kind of a and, and there may not be but was there any at any point any like 
requests from the players that kind of you weren't expecting like is Rudy, you know what I mean? Did he hit you with like a, uh, uh, I don't know, like, you know, like some pet shop boys <laughs> or was it no, all Rudy, like what Rudy, you thought? Rudy, <laughs> no, Rudy asked for, um, uh, a, a lot of fr- French hip hop and he would, he would mm. always, um, text me names of dudes and like, yo, get this song from you. Specifically this dude named Boba, B-O-O-B-A. Okay. Boba, Boba. Um, and he, I used to always play his songs at the, um, at the games and we kind of translated to the clubs. So it was like, yeah, would hear the songs at, at the games. And then Rudy would come to the club and then I would play the songs and people, I mean, not everybody knew, but they kind of, you know, would hear it at the games and then they'd hear it in the club or whatever. So it's yeah. cool. But, and then the, one of the, one of the, the funny requests that I did get is actually wasn't from one of the players. It was from one of the players wives um gordon actually his wife um messaged me and she would message me throughout the the season um and she was like she was like gordon would kill me if uh he knew that i would let you you know know what what his music was but these are the these, these are the songs that are like that he plays and listens to so if you could if you could play these during his warm-up I, i'm pretty sure he would love them just don't tell him that i that i that I did it so like every couple weeks she would message me and she would send me like the new songs that are in his playlist and then Mm. during his during his warm-up I would just add them in and he would just every game just like look over at me like what the fuck how do you know know?" yeah (laughs) and then I would see and then I would see I would see his wife in the crowd before the game and she would like give me the thumbs up so that's awesome what what uh this is strictly like on the the hip hop side of things but what what was you know some of the the main artists that a lot of the guys were asking for i mean if a lot of them were from you know texas and the south was it that region or where, where what type of artists were they asking for well back then all the all the all the um, you know like like the earth, the, the team like uh, cj ronnie and you know, Paul, Darren, and all those guys, like I said, they're from the South. So that time, but that 2006, 2000, and, you know, five, 2005, 2008, there was just like a lot of like snap music. Yep. And, um, you know, even like a lot of the, the South stuff was really popping back then, like the, you know, the Paul Walls and mm-hmm. Mike Jones and stuff. That was really, they were really on top of the world. And, but when I was DJing, you know, 2016, you know, you had the, uh, um, you know, the future and Drake's were, you know, sure. and he still is, were really popping and trying to think back then. I mean, it was, I mean, there's a lot of the same artists that are still, you know, the big Sean's of the world, mm-hmm. the French Montana, just, I mean, all the popular, you know, yeah, you know, artists now pretty much what they want to hear. And of course, if you're playing music for a jazz game at that time, you had to play Sweet Carolina. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I, I think during, I think, I think during the time that I played there, they, they got rid of it because oh. they, they, they were, they were, they were starting to like wanting to get rid of that stigma of everybody knowing what they play. And, yeah. And that's, that's why they hired, you know, she, uh, that's why they hired me because they were trying to get rid of that, you know, like I said, that stigma of being, you know, shitty music at the arena no dj that's a know, classic just, how dare you yeah <laughs> and the whole arena's going bop bop together come on right <laughs> yeah yeah sure <laughs> all right sorry all right so um your rookie season with the jazz 2016 to 2017 
Um, did you, by chance, when you first started there, make any kind of rookie mistakes, like maybe arrive late or accidentally play the uncensored song, or were there any kind of rookie mistakes that you recall? Mm, no, I don't really. I don't really. No, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty dialed in, man. It was. There was. It was. There really wasn't any room for error because, uh, like I said in the beginning, especially the first five to 10 games everybody was watching and it was like I, I felt like people wanted me to make a mistake so they could so they could not have the mm. DJ you know what I mean like I was constantly under a microscope like my supervisor was always like watching listening super on edge all the time like nice person nice person you know but and then like I said that you know because it was new it was new and a lot of people really, you know, I wouldn't say put their job on the line, but, you know, they put their word on the line to, to make this happen. So I wanted to make sure that, it, you know, it was right. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was any, any mistakes really. So um, I don't think there for, was. for us, just casual fans, give us kind of the insight. What is the day in the life of a, an arena DJ? Like say game times at seven o'clock, like when do you have to arrive there and set up and be ready to go? Uh, it depends. Like if, um, if if they're uh if usually like three hours before the game, let's just say that you know I gotta get there set up and um sometimes if they have like um a back to back game like the the bowl will be the, will be closed and it's only it's it's only for um athletes and and men and uh, coaching staff so uh nobody can be inside the arena like the inside the 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 bowl so it's it's closed so usually like three hours before the game. Got it. So when, when, uh, if you can refresh my memory, you, you started there 2016, 2017, what year, uh, did you end? What season was it? I just, I just did one season as the, uh, um, as the in-game arena, I continued to work for them like a year or two after. And then I did the bees for two years because the bees are owned by the same company as the jazz. And then the year after, uh i was there they had they didn't have a dj because they had the construction of the arena yeah and they didn't really like have a spot for the for the dj you know so they kind of did away with it and then the then the person who um the person who hired me left so got it so if you know anything in the corporate world usually uh when that happens um either out of spite or just because the new person comes in and they usually get rid of, you know, things in the past that the person did before, whether it be promotions, uh, employees, uh, whatever the case may be. So it just happened to be that the person who hired me and the person who was really putting his neck on the line for me to be there, you know, shout out to my man, Nate Randall. uh, He left the jazz organization. And then once he left, um they they got rid of everything that he incorporated which was me a couple of in a couple of the really dope in-game promotions Mm. like i don't know if if you remember they used to have those big um dice they used to throw down the arena oh yeah a couple of years back just like different you know things that he he incorporated they got rid of i mean and that's 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 just um typical uh corporate uh pussy shit you know what yeah. i mean Some, <laughs> yeah. so, somebody i mean uh i mean i've i've been a, i've been a part of it on the good end and the bad end 
when yeah. you know so somebody new comes in and they hire me somebody new comes in and they fire me so it's yep. all good you know like like i said I've, I've been a part of it on both ends so um that that was that was that they they got rid of the dj and then uh and they still kept me around and then they left and then a few years later they they brought in june yeah so, I wanted to, you know, it's crazy. I thought you were there for, uh, in my head, you were there for two seasons. What I wanted to ask about, you know, uh, Utah, like you had said, jazz games in particular, but Utah as a whole always had that stigma of like, we're so behind. We don't know what good music is, different things like that for, for people that aren't, hadn't visited here and hadn't, you know, um, been here before been to the clubs when you're DJing, whatever the case may be. But I thought it was really, really cool. And I, I wanted you to just to speak on it for a moment. You had a, I, I believe it was during the playoffs that year against, uh, now I'm going to forget who they were playing, but Golden State. yes, there you go. Um, um, you, you got a lot of love on Twitter because I remember watching the games and I knew you were DJing and I remember seeing wow. Michael Rappaport, Bomani Jones, a bunch of people just showing like, wow, who's this DJ at the arena? What was that like for you to, I mean, you already knew what time it was, you know, the type of Mm -hmm. music you play and what you've done, but was it cool just to kind of get that, um, that love from people who just weren't familiar with the state? Uh, uh, Sorry, repeat the question. Somebody, somebody walked in on me. No, you're good. No, you're good. I was just talking about the, how you would um oh the, the love from the podcast yeah oh, from the podcasters from, yeah from Bomani Jones and uh, and Rappaport um, what was that like for you because again they they weren't they, I, they probably spent zero time here right so they didn't right. know but right. for you to be the one who's actually playing that music during the game what was that like uh it, it was really dope because a I don't listen to their podcast I'm not uh, yeah. I I never I never really listened to it um. I like Michael Rappaport and I like Bumani Jones, um, but I just never was like a huge podcast person. Um, so I, I always heard it from somebody else, yeah. uh, you know, so which was, which was, you know, always crazier. And then somebody sends me the link and then I listen to it and whatever. And, um, you know, and then the same thing on Twitter, because uh, Michael Rappaport was live tweeting from the game because yeah. he was out here. He was out here for Sundance. Uh, filming episodes of his of his podcast out here so he was at the game literally live tweeting when i'm playing when i'm djing excuse me so <laughs> that was really cool um and then the same thing Bumami jones he he was here for a game and i didn't know he was here i mean that's just the type it's not like oh these dudes are here let me go you know like that's the music that we you know all um, uh, all picked like me and my, yeah. my, my bro, Nate, Nate Randall, the dude who hired me. Um, we picked all that stuff. Wu-Tang, Outkast, yeah. MOP, Pharaoh, Jay-Z, you know, future Drake. We did everything. We, you know, like we had the, 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 the mentality of like Rucker Park, you know what I mean? Like what would they be playing at Rucker Park? You know, like what would they be playing? Like, and so we would always, we were playing, we played a lot of New York stuff and Wu-Tangs and, you know, I just so yeah, it was cool. It was definitely cool to, you know, like you know, get hired to do what you do and then get, you know, get love for it. So especially because people weren't expecting it out here. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and it was so it was it was it was good for uh it was good for us all together because it was you know, like you know, we have a we had a DJ and the and the music was good most of the time. 
so so i was going to a lot of jazz games at that time and i remember so the season you were there i remember the music and how great it was in the arena and then i remember the next season when you're saying you weren't really there that it sounded like they almost played the same exact music did they just kind of did you maybe like create a playlist that they just kept playing or how what happened with that when you weren't actually there in the arena yeah i mean they i mean they they paid me for everything you know like obviously the music um, isn't mine you know it's they can they have the right to play whatever the hell they want to play in the arena but um yeah i mean i definitely um i definitely you know because every, everything every everything that we made we kind of like made together like when i would make edits i would you know like you know at least like initially i would send them the edits so they can hear it right so they can hear what i'm gonna play um so uh so yeah and then so yeah so i mean they they definitely did and i and i have a feeling that they 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 may and and, and people can tell me to get the fuck out of here or whatever but like after i after i left i watched more games i started to realize that a lot of other teams pretty much played the same exact shit that we played after mm. i never i didn't notice it before maybe this is just me tooting my own horn but just like in anywhere, I'll just be like, oh wow, there's Simon says, there's you know Annie up. I was like, and it's just like then then there was just like a couple other like songs that I like, like not like necessarily album cuts, but just like other songs like that, like I don't know. And so I don't know if like the folder that I you know like we we made together was like passed around the league because there was oh, a lot of songs that were like being played in other cities. That I mean, I, I mean, I I started paying attention to to it after I started doing it because, like I said, when I I did the the sound for the bees too, and I go to a lot of baseball games, so I pay attention and I take notes of uh, no pun intended um, of what um, <laughs> what what they do at the arenas, uh, basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Um, I I take no, I take notes and then I bring them back and incorporate them. And say, oh, well, I was in Milwaukee and they played this when this and this happened. That was really fucking cool, you know? So, yeah. like, I did, and I just did, you know, like, for instance, like, and when we were in Milwaukee, I was there for a baseball game and it was runners on first and second. And the guy, like, I don't know, like, to hit, uh, you know, and then so now the bases were loaded and they played Tribe Call Quest scenario. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of like if you're if you if you're not like a big music guy and a sports guy at the same time, that may have gone over your head. Yeah. And it didn't go over mine. And I started incorporating that into the bees games where they would be like, you know, maybe a guy on first and third with two outs, or you know what I mean? Like where yeah. maybe a guy on third base with one out, you know, you know, it's, it's different scenarios, you know, it's like, mm. oh, that's really fucking sick, you know. So just like the stuff like that. So um, so your time with the Jazz is up. Did you keep in contact with any of those players? Like, I know Darren Williams seems to be coming around a lot more to Jazz games lately and stuff like that. Are you still in contact with them and do any kind of events for them at all? Um, yeah, I do. At the last event I did for one of the Jazz guys, I did I did an event for Jay Crowder, um, like right before COVID and when he was still here, obviously. Mm. Um, but yeah, throughout the years. Um, I've I've kept in contact with uh you know diff, all different guys throughout you know the through the through the different 
seasons. I still keep in contact with um, Paul Millsap, um, CJ Miles, Ronnie Brewer, Darren Williams um, from, you know, from that era. Um, same. And then like from the guys from this era, Roy, you know, Royce, Rudy, um, I, you know, I, I, um, I'm, I mean, we're not like in everyday cahoots, but you know, like we're, you know, we're cool. tight enough. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like me and you, Juggy. We don't talk every day, but when we do, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like we didn't miss a beat. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, one question I had, and, and I, by no means am I asking you to incriminate anybody, but, but I would love a funny story. Um, and, and I'll give some uh, background to this. I remember going out to different clubs and what have you, and the jazz players would be there. And I remember Fasenko always dancing and, you know, nothing but love for Fasenko, but he wasn't the most, uh, he wasn't the best dancer in the world. I'm just going to put right. it like that. Um, but are there any funny stories of any of those jazz guys coming around? Um, maybe t- when you were DJing at the club or even, you know, at the arena, anything that sticks out in your mind that you can actually share? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to share the name. Okay. Um, so one of the, one of the guys, uh, this was, uh, I'm not even going to say which era it was, uh, <laughs> but one of the, one of the guys came out and uh, was re- he, we, we, we were, we were all uh intoxicated and we were drinking <laughs> having a good time and for somehow some way the club night turned into like this hip-hop karaoke oh, and boy. we oh yeah exactly so <laughs> we were just p- playing records and doing the karaoke and somehow some way one of the one of the players lost a bracelet or oh. lost a a, a, ne- a necklace or something you know and it was like a twenty thousand dollar piece and so it so it went from like us being drunk and partying to like no man stop the music stop the music (laughs) don't let anybody leave the club we somebody turn the lights on we need a shakedown of everybody it went from (laughs) the greatest night of all time to the worst night like in a matter of seconds like good lord yeah so i'm I'm not going to say who it was but that was a that was an interesting night. We'll just have to go back and look at pictures the last twenty years and see who had the piece at one point and then yeah. was missing it. I'll let Jazz right. Nation figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of wrap it up, we gotta the interview's a little short this time. We'll definitely have to have you back another time. But just to kind of wrap things up, obviously there's there's a DJ in the arena now. Um, you know, I've been to the games and I enjoy his music and stuff there. What are your and I, I know you've been to games, you know, this year. What are your thoughts on what the Jazz are doing now with the in arena DJ and, and the music and everything? I think it's great, man. I think uh, any, uh, um, I think any any time that the, the DJ is on the forefront like that, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's just pu- pushing the culture for for DJs and uh, just giving us a, a a bigger name and a voice, putting us on the you know same pedestal as other artists and just giving us the respect that we deserve because um you know we're we're the backbone for a lot of things and not not necessarily at the nba games but it's just a really dope it's just a dope look um you know they they incorporate him and he's you know he's got his he's got his dj booth and the whole thing and it's uh it's dope man yo shout out to june man uh, yeah, I've, I've known June, I've, I've I've known June for a long time, so um, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I was um, 
you know, when, when you had gotten the, that position, I, it was like, and this is going to sound so such a, like a cornball thing, but like everyone who had been DJing at these different clubs and bars and, and interacted and supported you as well. Right. And you supported us, us, you know, me being a younger DJ, I just thought it was so cool to see you up there. And it felt like in a sense, each one of us had, had made it to that stage. Obviously I know none of us did, but you, but I, I under, I understand what you mean by pushing the culture forward and, and just feeling like, man, this is, this is something big. Uh, I want, I want to end just kind of on one question you know, on, you, on that, on that note yeah. too. Um, it re- it really opened up the doors for there to be um, a DJ at sporting events because after that, uh, very shortly after that, uh, Real Salt Lake had a DJ, yeah, and um, the um, the the short lived uh, Stallions. The, oh yes, um, that the, I, I DJed a couple games for them, um, and I and I if I remember correctly. I, I want to believe there was like an indoor football team that mm-hmm. had a DJ. Um, Utes incorporated a DJ in, yeah. on all as in all aspects because I've DJed um, the um, the Pac-12 uh, uh, gymnastics championship. Uh, oh, wow. I've I've done a lot of different like sporting events uh, out here because of that, and I've and 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 obviously jazz being the biggest sporting platform in in utah when them having a dj it just uh you know made like i said it just uh unintentionally opened up doors for all these other sporting events and not just for me for all a lot of djs out here who have benefited from you know like either doing actual in-game stuff to doing outside of the stadium doing events for the um the, the different teams colleges or whatever it is so um it's really dope to see it's just dope to see that other people benefited from something that you know that i i wouldn't say created in utah but something i did first right and like i said unintentionally i obviously wasn't like oh i'm you know i'm out to get every dj a job in the sporting industry in utah <laughs> right like it just what i mean it just it just happened that way and that I, I, just it's dope i think it's yeah. really dope so absolutely let 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 me on end on this juggy so you you know your time with the jazz has uh, had passed uh i know you you had done bees games but if you want to let people know i mean you just you never really stop working so what are you up mm-hmm. to now i think you were even you know you're doing like jazz watch parties from time to time so fill fill everyone in on on uh what you're doing now um well i mean i still dj yeah. That's like my number one thing. I DJ like anywhere from two to four nights a week here in Salt Lake. Um, every Monday, we're, uh, the heavy hitters are on Shade 45, Sirius XM. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm mean, still active as a DJ. And then, as you said, as far as the, the jazz watch parties, I'm actually the uh, marketing manager for M&M Distribution here in Salt Lake City. And we... Uh, we are we it's a beverage company but our flagship our flagship brand is Coors Light which happens to be the official beer of the Utah Jazz so we do um so I'm I've been this whole season hosting all of these watch parties around the valley at all these bars and restaurants and whatnot so that's awesome. So what does that entail? Yeah. I mean, obviously watching the game, there's coors there. Right. Is there, do you guys do giveaways? What, what is that? What do those look like? Yeah. Um, 
we do game tickets, gift cards, signed jerseys. We have a lot of, excuse me, uh, limited edition, uh, Coors Light, um, U- uh, Utah Jazz uh, uh, shirts and bar swag. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, you know, we, we have a lot of cool stuff that it's un- unattainable anywhere else because we yeah. have rights. We have rights to the jazz and, you know, we just have cool shit that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. That's awesome. Make make sure, um, you know, if you're a, obviously if you're a jazz fan, you're already listening to this. But if you're interested in in all that stuff, Juggy was just talking about possibly getting tickets, getting memorabilia, different things. Make sure you follow him. Um, you know, he's on heavy on Instagram. DJ Juggy is the is the name. Um, you can keep up to where these different events are going on. Um, you guys are are ramping up for for the playoffs. Will you still you'll still be doing watch parties at that time? I'm I'm imagining. Yeah. We'll still be doing watch parties. Uh, I don't know. We we may do um, – because we usually just do the watch parties for the away games. Got it. But for the, but for the playoffs, uh, we may do the home and the away games. So That's great. That's great. Well, well, thanks so much for being with us this week. We appreciate that. Do you have anything you want to promote? I mean, we talked about your Instagram, but anything else you want to let the people know about where you're, where you're at? Um – Nah, just hit me on Instagram and everything is there. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, I just want to give a shout out, shout out to my people at LRG Clothing. You always take care of them. There you I go. Want to leave them out? Yeah, and LRG send us some stuff too. If you <laughs> and, uh, and, and 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 just gotta throw this out there too. If if Juggy happens to ever find those headphones that he's still supposed to donate to the podcast, we'd appreciate that. Oh, We're still wow. waiting on those. Wow, it's been a few years. Yeah. But, uh, thirsty, you know, thirsty yeah. Jazz Nation. Just just putting yeah. that out there, you know. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I the only ones I have are like ones that I've like used before, so I don't want to like give you like I don't know like. Game worn, game worn shorts. You know what I mean. Like, okay. I, don't, okay. I, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the abundance like I used to have. Oh, when I was so like funny. Super, super down with uh, skull candy. So I don't, I like literally the ones that I have on my head. When you see me, you're like they're, they're the last of the Mohicans. So like Ooh. when those di- when those die, I actually got to come out of my pocket and, and buy. It. It's been it's been a long time since I've had to do that. It's okay. So, we'll we'll just again, take, we'll just take a case of Vizzies instead. That's fine. There you go. I, I, I can hook you guys up with Coors Light, Vizzies, whatever Beautiful. you guys. Blue Moon, whatever you guys want. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. All right, Juggy. Peace out. All right. See ya. All right, and we're back here at the Jazz Nation podcast. So let's just uh, wrap up here. The regular season's now done. Write it down, put it in the books, put in your Facebook memories, peace out. And now we're heading in to the Western Conference playoffs. We ain't got to worry about no plans because we in. Yeah. We are locked in at number five. Five. Which means we are now playing the Mavericks of Dallas. Mm Mm-hmm. This is going to be a fun matchup, I think. I think it's going to be pretty fun. I, I'm i not sure if it's going to be brutal. Like, I see a lot of, like, fights or things like that. I think there's going to be some good basketball, to be honest. I hope there's fights. This needs to be a, like I said earlier, this needs to be a, you hit Luka, knock him down. I don't think there's anybody on this Mavericks team, and this was the issue they ran into, I believe it was last year when they played the Clippers. There was zero dog on this team. And uh, I think that's what is going to happen again this year. I hope the Jazz find a way to hit Luca up. But, uh, you know, 
no easy buckets, showing hard on those screens, like I said, throwing a lot of different bodies at them. The guys that you can't let go off are guys like Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, can't let Tim Hardaway get easy shots. I think Brunson is a very, very, very good player. So I think he's going to get his a little bit. But it's the dude that shoots the threes that kills us. The guy they got in the trade, Mac- Washington. Uh, uh, Maxi Kleba? No. Oh, Davis Bertans. Yes. That Listen, dude kills us. Okay. If Davis Bertans is killing you, then we got a whole, we got a bigger problem. Oh, we got a problem. Right. Um, so Din, stopping Dinwiddie, Hardaway Jr., Finney Smith, for what it's worth, has had a pretty good season. Really good passer for a big guy. I'm kind of undersized big guy. I got to say, you started this off by saying who we got to, you know, not let go off. And I thought it's going to be maybe two or three. And you're listing the whole damn rotation for the mass. So Luke, yeah. Luca's, Luca's going to go off. You have to stop everybody else. There you go. And, and punch Luca in the mouth. I, 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 not to be rude here, but you... <laughs> punch you, him in the mouth. You sound like the dude that's, you know, like when I hear like Big T sometimes giving his things, it's like the most obvious answers. Like, we got to make more baskets. Oh, no kidding. And to my... Do you I'm want me to talk about rotations? What do you want me to talk about? answer there was like, no, no kidding. We got to defend Luca good and not let others go off. No, no kidding. But thanks for <laughs> Okay, your, go ahead. What's your insight? Uh, my insight is simple. Don't let Davis Bertans get shots up. Do not up. let Bertans go off. <laughs> He's averaging five points a game. Make your damn free throws. No, it's going to be a good matchup. Um, it sucks that uh, the Mavericks have home court, but that's our own fault. We could have had that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i excited for this. I mean, we've I think we've both mentioned it multiple times. This is the series that we thought the Jazz were going to have in the matchup, mm-hmm. so now it's going to be here. Um, as far as predictions, like who do I th- – I mean – Obviously, I say the Jazz are going to win this series. Yeah, but they are. I, I think, uh, even more importantly, I think this is definitely going to be one of those series that a lot of people are going to say is going to have to go seven games, I bet. I, I uh, hope. I'm going to say Jazz in six. That's oh, what I'm going with. Wow. And that's a generous six. I, I truly feel like they can get it done in five. There's going to be a game where Luka scores 50 and, you know, has 15 assists. But uh, th- this Mavericks team... They're not built for this year. I've said it a ton of times. That Dinwiddie, bringing Dinwiddie in, are they just going to go small? Maybe. But they're re- I, they are really looking forward to these next two years and bringing different players in. This this isn't, they're not even playing for this year. So the, We had that question earlier talking about how, you know, if the Jazz match up with the Mavs, how do you stop them? And it just made me hit me. Maybe the best way, too, is to play some mind games with Luka because we know he gets frustrated as hell. Mm. I mean, he's got all those technicals. So maybe hit him. Maybe so, yeah. getting it. What did I say oh. earlier? And you shot it down. Oh, Maybe what I was saying earlier. Maybe I don't know. I don't oh, know. That, okay. I guess that was a good point. Thank you. But uh, yeah, you know, make him, you know, get in the dude's head and freak him out a little and have yeah. him just like maybe get thrown out of the first half every game. So uh, <laughs> that's my that's my my thing. Improve pissing off Luca and getting him thrown out of game somehow. Um, <laughs> and make your damn free throws. And for the love of God, <laughs> make your damn. I'm gonna make a shirt. Hashtag make your damn free throws. Okay. Um, but yeah, here we go. Yep. Jazz, Mavs Jazz and six. Series. Where do you got them? Hurry, give your prediction. You can't just I say, oh, seven. they're going to win. Oh, and seven. seven. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. So Jazz is still going to win. Come on, duh. All right. Okay. But if they don't, then we know what happens next. Oh, yeah. Everyone, and I mean Explosion. everyone, is gone. Well, not everyone. <laughs> Someone's got to stay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a wrap up on the podcast for now. Um, next week, it's heavy, heavy, heavy playoff stock. Because, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what when in. it's going on. So, um, and uh, we're excited. Are you excited for the playoffs? I'm hyped. I love NBA playoffs. I'm even excited for the playing games, even though. He's so excited. You know, 
we've talked about this. He's a he's an Orlando Magic fan, so he hasn't really experienced Magic. So he's got to live through it. He's now officially going to live through us Jazz folks. This is when it's okay. If you I want friends, you to finish your sentence. I haven't experienced what? If if like the playoffs <laughs> for a moment, like watching your team in the playoffs for, for a while. little while. Okay, so, okay. I thought you what I'm trying to say is like this is you know if we all have that friend or family member that's you know their team's not in the playoffs. This is the time when we can. Put our hand out and say, come join the bandwagon. We, we <laughs> allow you to join the jazz bandwagon at this time. Yeah. It's not okay to go join the Memphis bandwagon oh, or, okay. or, you know, Miami Heat. You know, no, screw that. You knew they've been good all season. But we're talking about the jazz. This is a bandwagon to join. There we go. I sound like a cult leader right now. I'm sorry. You play um, Sell Away by Enya while you invite them. But anyway, I don't understand that. Um, let, let's get into your either. plugs here. Uh, let's. Yeah, Let so know. the Will Wonder Pod comes out every Wednesday. Uh, this week, what are we talking? <laughs> NBA playoffs, of course, and we're going to talk pretty heavy, give away some end-of-season awards as well. So make sure you tune into that. The Will Wonder Pod, follow it on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at DJ Will Wonder. My tweet, and get, my tweet game steps up during playoffs. It's a lot. It's a lot, so, you know. If, if you don't follow, I get it, but I promise you I, I, I add some fun insight into these games. Wow, that is that is the car salesman speech of the century right there. Mazel tov to all that for you. Well, folks, we are done with this week's podcast. We appreciate you so much for listening. You're following. You're giving thumbs up. You're telling folks to listen. We appreciate it. The numbers are they're growing each episode. We appreciate yeah. that. So, uh, And shout out to all of you listening in, like, Australia, I think there were some in Canada and even one like a couple in Mexico. I don't nice. under, I don't get that because we don't speak the language. But uh, Does that mean that everyone in Mexico has to speak Spanish? Uh, no. no. They could speak English. They I've could. been there. I've been okay. there a number of times. Okay. Okay. I was just trying to say it. some it. appreciation. But I'm, Thank you I'm all. That I surprise. Uh, gracias. All right. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. We'll be back next week with some more. And bye-bye.